The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, Louisiana, and now in New York. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $10 to get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And finally, we're brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is horse racing daily fantasy sports app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with just one entry. Head on over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And speaking of apps, don't forget to download the SGPN app and enter the free Super Bowl props contest for your chance to win $100,000. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, it's Jen Arenos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, the Mighty Mighty, excuse me, Mighty Mighty Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're up to episode 116 already, and this one, of course, let's go out to all the lovers out there. Tomorrow being the day of love, this goes out to all of you. I would be your host of this year program, King Jeff Fox. I rule the roost here, even with mediocre picks. I'm still the king, so I get to talk first. Unless you count the ads that Gumby reads at the starting, but nonetheless, thanks for coming to the podcast. Hopefully, you're listening to us on our direct feed, the MMA Gambling Podcast feed. If you are, throw up a uh, if you can throw up a review, that would be amazing because the MMA, uh, sorry, the NBA uh, podcast guys are getting all the reviews and is making the rest of us look look pretty bad. So even if you don't like the show, just give us a good review. Come on, be a buddy. But you're going to like the show because our, our banter, off the hook, our picks, usually pretty good. Uh, my co-host usually can spin things to make it look like we gave you some good picks, even if we lost money for you. So that's the main thing. That's, uh, let's bring him in now because I'm guessing my intros drive a lot of people away on the podcast, <laughs> despite me being the king. <clears throat> what can I tell you about my co-host? He laughs sometimes, which is good. Um he apparently, I just found this out a few minutes ago. He has a garage. Well, the rest of us have car holes. Um, <laughs> big fancy man. You may know him as Man Mountain Gumby. He's the one, the only Daniel Gumby Vreeland. That's the first of all, great Simpsons reference. That's Mo, right? Correct. It is Mo. The it counterfeit Mo. jeans episode. And second of all, uh, I don't have to spin picks right. this week because. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, we both had a pretty good day in picking the whole card. Um, not yep. awful. And at least I had a good day with my recommended plays. That's what we are here to offer you. A pretty good day, not awful, right? Mine, mine I think, What's is more thing? than – I think mine is more than pretty good, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, You're mediocre. I, I think uh, with the with the recommended plays, I think my return on investment yeah, no, right around – Right around 40%, which if you're getting yep. 40% returns uh, on your bets, which I think is what I'm getting on the year right now, uh, you should be pretty happy. We'll get into all that. But you basically, I was reminded again last night by uh, a listener. Um, it's always 
it's still always a shock when people reach out and say they love the show because who would listen to this? But regardless, people actually listen, um, which is which is nice. Thank you. But he also mentioned how uh, he sound like sounds like he's just uh, basically a casual fan, but uh, hardcore to Jen, like uh, everyone listening. And he uh, is talking about how much money he made off Dana White Contender Series. So you are still. <laughs> living, living off, living off that epic run you had last. What was that? Last summer? Last fall? Yeah, it was um, like, like September to November. I want to say yeah. it was. You're still living off of that, so people are still bowing. Talk, talk about how much money you made them, and uh, that's why they love the show. So, I guess well, that's why I keep you around. Well, if they've been trailing my picks for the last three weeks, I'm pretty sure we've had profitable recommended plays three weeks in a row. Yep, very, very true. Very true. Yeah, we're doing good with our recommended place. That's that's Dan's new spin. Um, it's all about the recommended the, place. The, the things that you would actually bet on seem to be yes. the things that we. <laughs> no, people are supposed to bet on everything. Remember, we're talking about the gens here. If you go in the slack during a fight night, it's just like nonstop. Okay, I'm going to bet on this now. I'm going to bet on this now. Okay, I lost that bet, so I'm going to throw money on this one. It's just constant action from the gens. And and we we appreciate that. Uh, and yep. if it, if it's working for you, God bless you. Yep. But uh, <laughs> as as we've noted, trying to bet the exact same amount of money on every single fight uh, straight up on the money lines is maybe not the best way uh, to profit in the long term. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, let, let's let's get into UFC 271 in a sec. Um, before I do the ad reads, a production meeting on air as we like to do. Are we going to drop this episode before the big game tonight, the American Grey Cup? Uh, the, the American Grey Cup, as you called it. Yeah, yeah. I will. Uh, I, I will make sure that the editing team, uh, in all of their glory, uh, gets on it as soon as we're done recording. And I will say unabashedly, it will be in the listeners' ears before the Super Bowl. In that case, can I say Super Bowl? Is this one of those? I know oh, certain yeah, the ads right. aren't allowed to say Super Bowl. Do I, yeah. do I have to say big yeah. game? <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Some of the ads, yeah, some of the ads I read say Super Bowl, some say big game. So I guess, yeah, we can call it the American Great Cup. Is what we can. Yeah, I don't think there's Amer- anything against that. No, that nobody's nobody's ever done that before in their whole lives. So, <laughs> well, one one of the one of the sponsors that has Super Bowl in their title is the amazing WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee. Wait a minute, Tennessee's not the new one. We'll keep going. Virginia, Louisiana, that's a new one. And New York, that's another new one. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play from boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. Don't forget about all the props that will be available, available on WinBet for the Super Bowl. See, they say Super Bowl here. The best part, you can build your own bet to create a prop-focused same-game parlay for the big game. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Sign up today, don't delay, to receive a special offer. Bet 10 bucks, win 200. Download BetWin, download the WinBet app now, or visit winbet.com to start winning. All right, Dan's going to pick one of these build-your-own parlays that they have for the big games tonight since uh, I, I haven't been following uh, American... Canadian football, I guess we'll call it. Amer- um, American Canadian. Yep. <laughs> All I, right. I, I feel like Canadian football is a very oh, – th- th- correct me if I'm wrong because I don't watch Canadian football, so be- before we get Neither into – Neither do I. Yeah. I, I'm assuming th- the field is, like, slightly different, right? It's bigger. I think it's 10 yards bigger maybe. 
five yards bigger. Okay. Okay. I think is what it is. Like a little bit wider. Like and I think it's wider too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. All right. So yeah. do you want me to to use one of the the build your own bets from from yeah. our? Do you have them in front of you, or do you need me? Yeah, to I, I, I have them okay. in front of me. I have. Which I always, one do you? Whatever you're talking about, I always have in front wow. of me. So yeah, like like in school when you have to read along with the with the teacher. Yes. <laughs> right. Which which one do you like best of those bets that that they uh, suggested here? That they suggested, or uh, do, just do you from... see the? Uh, oh, oh, okay. Sorry, they, they they have four build your own bet suggestions here. Oh no, no, I'll read them to you, and you, no, you can pick no, no, them don't read them, don't read them to me. All right, I, I am. All right, all right. So I like. Um, let's go with of those ones. They have a plus four hundred, a plus six fifty, a plus fourteen hundred, and a plus four thousand. I'm going to so we'll say what level I'm of gonna, the gen. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Uh, the second level of DJ. I'm going to say I like the one that they give us here. I was going to build my own on the air, which would have been would have been wild too. But I'll, I'll go with yep. the ones they got me here. I like Joe Burrow with at least three touchdowns. Yep. Uh, Joe Mixon with at least seventy rushing yards and an anytime touchdown for Jamar Chase. Because hey, if Joe Burrow is throwing at least three touchdowns, yep. goddamn, Jamar Chase better catch one of them. So uh, I'm actually pretty in on the Bengals this time. So that's an all Bengals one. So I, I like that one. Six fifty. There you go. There you go. Now remember, all this is important stuff, people. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be twenty one or older to and present in the state where play through Winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call one eight hundred five two two forty seven hundred. And guess who else is back? Manscaped. Can they get a round of applause, everyone? Yay! No round of applause. <laughs> did you Did you want me to clap it to? Yeah, clap, please. You're my folio <laughs> artist. I believe they're called. Uh, today, I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their ultra premium collection. Believe it or not, it's for your not so private parts. I believe it. I'm talking about a leveled up hygiene routine with their your favorite manly scent. This is an all in one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to the Manscaped, going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP. Of course, we all know how essential the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is for the precise trim below the waist. Their advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts to your most delicate areas. But now you can enhance your perfect grooming routine with their ultra-premium collection. This package includes, get ready, Manscaped Premium Deodorant, not for your balls, for your stanky armpits. This deodorant dries clear. It's aluminum-free and smells like their signature scent. Hydrating body moisturizer. Half tattoos or issues with dry skin. It's designed to keep skin feeling clean, smooth, and smelling fresh. Body wash to lather you up with their infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel. Two-in-one shampoo and conditioner to clean your scalp with an easy one-step. Plus a free gift, a three-pack set of lip balm that's made with up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. That's four products plus the gifts inside the Ultra Premium Collection. What a score. All of these products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, vegan-friendly, and dye-free. The best ingredients with zero compromise. I'd recommend using the products in this order. Listen, everyone, get out a pen and paper if people write with manually nowadays. Hop in the shower. Number one, hop in the shower and scrub a dub-dub that body with Manscaped Body Wash. Number two, lather your hair up with the two-in-one shampoo conditioner to keep your noggin toggin. Toggin. What does toggin mean, Dan? <laughs> who wrote I, this? I, Damn it. <laughs> who wrote this ad read? This ad read? Keep your noggin toggin. All right. I think it's a good thing. 
Toggin? Sounds good. Sure. <laughs> I ask. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was a millennial thing, so I, that's why I have to ask. It's, if Toggin's it, a thing. If it is, I'm behind on my uh, my generational <laughs> time. All right. What were we up to? Number three, we're up to dry off and spray on the hydrating body moisturizer to reinvigorate dry skin. Number four, put on the Manscaped deodorant for obvious reasons. Number five, pop that Manscaped lip balm on. No one is out here kissing chapped up lips. Getting dressed after is optional. Wear one great scent all day long. Get the ultra premium collection hot off the shelves. Here's what you got to do. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped. All right. Um, UFC 271 went down last night in the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. I can get you some more info. I'm going to my site because I'm where I have it, MMA-Manifesto.com, under the fighter salaries, attendance, that article. The attendance was... 70,872 gate was $4,300,000. I think I read it was the biggest gate in Toyota Center history or something like that. And the UFC has all the biggest gates there. So they are bringing in the dough to pay Israel Adesanya his new contract, which I'm sure is still paying him pennies of what he's worth. All right. Uh, the main event was a rematch Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker, part two. Uh, Adesanya won, as both of us predicted. We got, what do we get on that? Minus 290. Um, unanimous decision, 48, 47, 48, 47, 49, 46. On the night with a lot of wacky decisions, um, this one I think they pretty much nailed it. I probably had it either 3-2 or 4-1, so it sounds about right to me. Yeah, except for, so, you know, first of all, they did get it right because every single judge gave it to Israel Adesanya. I don't know about you, the way I scored uh, one, two, three for Izzy, right. four kind of up in the air. I think I even gave four to Izzy as long as I'm being honest, and then five definitely to Whitaker. Um, yeah, so, so that's Me how too, I had it. Yeah. yeah, so, and if you look at the first two judges, the ones who went 48, 47, they went one, two, three, Izzy, four and five uh, to Whitaker, uh, which, so they were in perfect agreement. The third judge, who, by the way, was referee Mike Beltran, which is a bizarre, yeah, yeah, gave uh, four rounds to Izzy. So I was like, oh, he went one, two, three, four. Do you know what round he gave Whitaker? Two. He gave Whitaker two. (laughs) Really? He He did better in two than one, but. (laughs) He gave Izzy five. Yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. The most perplexing part of that scorecard, right? Because, like, for me, one in five, you can't mix up, right? Like, one was Izzy, right. five was Whitaker, and, and that's for sure. And then, like, you know, you could really try to spin two, three, and four if you really wanted to in either direction. It's stupid to go Whitaker on all of them because I, I think Izzy was doing the – you know, Whitaker's leg was, you know, badly mangled by the end of it. You know, I, I would be surprised if he's walking up right very well today. So, um, you know, I, I think Izzy clearly won – at least two of those, but like you could spin them if you really wanted. P five is just man, that's a bad scorecard, and I have no idea why he would be a judge after all of that. And we're we're definitely going to talk more about judging later, but um, nevertheless, like almost exactly the pride is on you. Like it, it, he stuffed some takedowns when he didn't stuff them, he was right back to his feet in no time. Um, 
He's obviously the better striker. He went in with a smart game plan. He was safer the second time he fought Whitaker, you know, like less. Whitaker was less aggressive, so it was like maybe a less action-packed fight, but exactly what I thought Izzy was going to do. And so uh, props to him. Yeah, they both pretty much uh, fought a better fight. Whitaker pretty much fought the way he uh, should have fought um, in the first fight, but, you know, it's still not enough um, to beat Adesanya. It reminded me, actually, of the olden days of, of actually, the middleweight division. Um, Whitaker playing the role of Rich Franklin, where he was clearly the, the class of the division, and then in comes this uh, enigma Anderson Silva slash Israel Adesanya, and it changes everything, and no one is on that level. That's that's what it reminded me of watching that last night. Yeah, I will say this, in, and I mean absolutely no offense to Rich Franklin when I say this, too, because I, I do enjoy watching Rich Franklin. Uh, I like Rich Franklin quite a bit. The gap between Robert Whitaker and Israel Adesanya is a lot smaller right. than the gap between Anderson Silva and, and Rich Franklin was. Like, Silva yep. showed up, and he was like this untouchable. absolute beast who is head and shoulders better than everybody. And I do think Izzy is head and shoulders better than everybody not named Robert Whitaker. And I think he's a head, you know, better than, than Whitaker, but Whitaker is a lot closer than I think. I mean, I mean like he made that a fight in a couple of spots last night, not yep. enough to win him in, in, but enough that like, you know, a couple of people with the worst scorecards in history could at least argue it. Whereas like, you know, when, when, when Silva fought Franklin, there's no arguing how that fight ends, right? Like, it's it's uh, pretty one-sided. By the way, did you happen to look at the media scorecards for uh, for Whitaker versus Adesanya on uh, MMA decisions? Yes, a couple of your friends at SureDog had it for Whitaker, correct? <laughs> yeah, there were there were four total media members who had it for, for Whitaker, and two of them were on SureDog, which yep. is so funny to me. It's just... It's comical how bad they are time in and time again. One of them had four rounds for Whitaker. That's, yeah, it's inexcusable, Dan, but at least they actually weren't judging. Um, that, yeah, which we'll get into in a second. Yeah, we'll get, we'll yeah, get exactly. into a second. I, I was going to ask you what's next but, uh, for Izzy, but, but we may actually answer that in, in a couple of uh, fights. Uh, no, from, it's... it's uh, it's it's like mostly booked if you look on Twitter. Uh, Dana seems oh, yeah. to have said it. Izzy Izzy wants it. The contender wants it. We we can just get this out of the way. It's Jared Cannonier and it's June. Um, for those yeah. wondering, it, it okay. looks like they're fighting. They're both happy with fighting in June. They're both healthy, and uh, it it looks like it's happening. Yeah, I I, I meant we will uh, talk about it when we when we get to that Cannonier fight. But if you want to jump the gun, go right ahead. And I, uh, I do want to jump the gun and let the cat out of the bag. You're very excited I, about it, aren't you? I, well, I am a little bit because. Izzy has kind of gotten to the point, sort of like Kamara Usman, where it feels like all of the guys on top, it's just like a rerun of past fights. And, you know, with Usman, we were down to see Colby, the second Colby fight, right? We So with the second Masvidal fight, but the second Colby fight almost felt like it needed to happen because the first one was close. Um. And Colby debated the stoppage, but that's just stupid. Um, and then the second one, obviously, Kamara wins again in, in a race. Is any doubt? Um, so, like, this Whitaker fight was kind of that, right? The the 1B of the division needed his second shot. But, like, we didn't need another Masvidal one. We didn't need another Gilbert Burns one. We didn't need another. And, and I sort of feel that way about Izzy, right? 
we don't need to see a Paulo Costa rematch. We don't need to see a, I mean, we didn't need to see the Marvin Vittori rematch, but we got it anyway, kind of like Masvidal. And we didn't really need a Derek Brunson rematch, but it seemed like that was probably coming, similar to the way that Gilbert Burns is probably coming for a rematch for Bruceman. And like, it just seems like there wasn't a lot of freshness there and there wasn't a lot of options for me to say like, oh yeah, it would be nice if, you know, Izzy could go on a GSP-esque run where he just beats every different person they throw his way. And it's a slew of different people. Um, and instead it just winds up being like the same three or four regurgitated contenders. Um, and so for Kanemir to have gone in there and did what he did to Derek Brunson, clearly cement himself as the next best option. It's like, it's, such a good thing for Izzy's legacy, I think, that he gets that fresh contender that we otherwise would not have seen him against, right? If Derek Brunson wins that, we get to see Derek Brunson too. And then in the meantime, Whitaker probably goes and beats Sean Strickland, and we're talking about, you know, Whitaker 3 uh, being an option. So, um, yeah, like, this this could not have, this night could not have gone better for Israel Adesanya. Correct. All right. Before we move off of that, let's map out the rest of his his year. So he'll we'll talk more about Cannonier when he when we break down the Brunson fight. Um, so he's fighting him in June. You're, or you uh, you're penciling him in, or they're penciling that fight in for June. Uh, probably probably could get another fight in uh, near the end of the year. Who, who do you have? Uh, assuming Izzy wins, who do you have him fighting after that? Well, I think so. I think Strickland is probably the closest right now. But the problem with the way that Strickland fought that last fight is I don't think that lackluster jab heavy decision over Jack Hermanson is going to be enough to convince people that that should be what's next. Um, like, I don't think he can just wait from no. from, Febu- from February to November on the laurels of that jab heavy decision. So, like, we're going right. to have to see him fight somebody. Um, who? And, and who that person that, – that's the tough question, right? Like, what, what is Paulo Costa doing? Like, that, that could be an answer, right? The light heavyweight um, Paulo Costa? You, yeah. Well, I mean, is he a light heavyweight? Is he not a light heavyweight? He, he claims he's not, but <laughs> – oh, God, and so that's confusing. Um, obviously, I mean, like, you, I guess you could run Derek Brunson, but, like, it seems like Brunson's going to need a while to recover. He said one more fight um, in time, too, so – yeah, yeah. So, like, do you want it to be Sean Strickland? No. Um, so, and, and then, like, Mark... Not if he wins and then retires, and then we don't right. have a number one contender, so... Right. And then, so, Cannonier is the other one who's ranked in front of him in the UFC's official rankings. Marvin right. Vittori is his friend, so probably not going to happen. The other only other name that really makes sense and seems to be on a good timeline without, like, huge question marks, like Brunson's health or Paulo Costa's mental health, is Robert Whitaker. Um, in In... Coming off of a tough loss like that, it, it probably makes sense. I actually think he'd beat uh, Sean Strickland pretty easily. But, the you know, the whole he lives in Australia, is he going to be able to come back? What would it take for him to get back for a fight? There, there's just, like, a lot of questions surrounding that, too. And, I mean, the only other options are, like, Strickland fighting behind himself in the division, which doesn't seem right. It's a mess, dude. The, the honest answer, it would the best thing they could do for Izzy – is just like freaking book uh, Kamzat Chemaev in, in Sean Strickland. Let's do yeah, that. Yeah, half Chemaev. Yeah, half Chemaev. Uh, it seems like he wants to fight at welterweight, but I, I he doesn't seem to really care either way. He seems like he would uh, he would jump back up to middleweight if if need be, right? Yeah, and I feel like you know while while we still do need fresh contenders for 
Kamar Usman down at welterweight, there are options. You know what I mean? Like, like we yeah. don't need to jump right to Kamzat, whereas middleweight needs somebody. You know, the middle middleweight needs something because, you know, down at uh, welterweight, you could – Take the winner of Vicente Luque Bahala Muhammad, who's uh, scheduled for their rematch. Leon Edwards is right there. Um, and, and then after we sort the, through the three of them, um, Gilbert Burns may have risen to the rematch you know, level. We got guys like Sean Brady just chilling around. Shavkat Rachmanov is probably a win or two away from like a real contender fight. So like, there are tons of options that welterweight. Kamzat Chamayev could just walk into a title shot at the end of the year in middleweight and nobody had bad an eyelash. Cause right now this middleweight division is, it's kind of ugly, man. Yeah. It, Sean Strickland beating whoever beating TVA in June would clear it all up. Um, but the risk of him losing to Whitaker, are you going to do easy Whitaker three or, or him, him losing to losing to someone that you don't necessarily want to see have uh, a title shot would, would be the issue there. So, um, but we have time for it to all um, the dust to, to settle and, and things to play out because um, it looks like he has the next challenger. Well, we're we're already I'm already penciling him in to win his next fight. Who knows how, how that next fight's going to go? Anyhow, um, what about Whitaker? Let's talk about him quickly. He hasn't. He used to fight at welterweight, but that was eight years ago and when he was like 23. So I don't. And he doesn't look like he could get back down to welterweight. So I don't. And he's too small for light heavyweight. He was too small for middleweight last night. Um, so, what are we doing with him? Um, are we like, is there really hope for him getting a third fight? I don't know. Um, he, he claims that he won last night and he wants to have a third fight, but um, I don't see that happening anytime soon. So, what do we do with Robert Whitaker? Gatekeeper, or, or what do we I mean, do? With I mean, if I'm Robert Whitaker and I'm I'm trying to maximize my career and trying to get myself a, a title again, or the best move for him to be would be to take a fight with Sean Strickland. That that literally is the best move because he's going to kill Sean Strickland. And if he does so in, in impressive enough fashion, they're going to run out of people to pull out there in front of him. Uh, it, it's, he's basically going to be the Max Holloway of the middleweight division, right? Max Holloway lost twice to Alexander Volkanovsky, one of which was a close decision, the other which was a pretty clear cut, at least in my eyes. And, you know, Whitaker, same thing here, pretty close fight one time, uh, got knocked out in the other one. He He's way better than everybody in the division. I mean, like, Colby Covington's got the same hope right now. He's just going to keep fighting on in here until they don't have an option but to give him a third one in in – I do think the UFC has changed a little bit since, you know, our, our early days of watching, meaning mine and your early days of watching, where if you lost once to a guy, it was pretty rare to get the rematch, especially if you weren't the champ. Um, and now it's it's more common to get a rematch. Rematches are much more common because they, we, we figure out who's at the top much faster and they stay at the top for longer. And now I would also say this is it's it's becoming more common that like when that guy is such a good third option, that third fight's right there sometimes, even if you've lost the first two. You know, Max Holloway made it happen. Granted, weird things happened where he's now an alternate for the fight that he dropped out of. Um, but like he's going to get a third shot at Max Volkan or uh, Alexander Volkanovsky rather. I 
would not be surprised if before Kamara Usman retires, we see a third Colby Covington fight. Like, and I don't think it would be shocking to me if I saw Whitaker fight Idesanya again. So if I, that's me, and I'm Robert Whitaker, and I want to get a title shot again. I'm signed in to fight Sean Strickland as quickly as I can. Then I'm trying to beat up Marvin Vittori again, or I'm uh, going to go beat Paul Acosta, or like, you know, just fight those guys. He's going to beat them all. Like, I, I really do believe he beats them all. So, uh, I mean, I think if I'm his, his career coach here, that's what I say. Because, like you said, he's not moving up or down. And I don't think he's so out of it that we never see him, like, in a contender fight again. Yeah, no, he, he looked perfectly, perfectly fine last night. Looked like the clearly the second best guy in the division. Um, all right, speaking of, well, I guess this guy wasn't the second best guy in the division, but he was the the gatekeeper of the heavyweight division finally got knocked out. It happens occasionally, but Derek Lewis got knocked out pretty bad by an elbow from Ty Tuivasa last night, round two, minute 40 into it. Um, very exciting fight with these two. Um, a lot of clinching, but when there was, you know, once once they started throwing, then it was um, pretty exciting because both these guys can turn the lights out at any moment. A um, little bittersweet because I am a Derek Lewis fan. Um, but I like Tai Tuivasa as well. Um, so anyhow, Tai Tuivasa won via elbow after a whole bunch of strikes. It wasn't just the elbow that knocked him out. There was a bunch of things uh, that led up to it. Um, and we got ourselves a new young contender in the heavyweight division. We lost this pick. We had Lewis at minus 190. This is one of the underdogs we did not have come through. Um what was what was Tui Voss's number at, Dan? It was plus was he over two hundred? Plus one fifty. So it wasn't a massive underdog. So um thoughts on this one, Mr. Vreeland. Yeah, you you also failed to mention Lewis by KO was one of your recommended plays. I, yep. uh, which, I was gonna go through all the recommended didn't. plays at the end. <laughs> yeah, I did not do oh, no, too I, well. I I I got to run through them while we're we're doing this because just okay. in case people don't make it to the end, I want to make sure they hear that no, I did really they good. have to make it to the end. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you listen to the end to hear about how good I did. Um, the the interesting part about this for me, and I will say, don't get me wrong, the clinch work by Tai Tuivasa, amazing, right? Like, he looks so good. The elbow's in there. I can't believe he knocked Derek Lewis cold with not just the elbow, but, like, a couple of shots leading up to the elbow, and then a perfectly placed elbow to, to completely, like, I mean, like, face-planted Derek Lewis, which is so crazy. But the most impressive thing that happened to me is when he got up after being on the ground, when he was, like, on all fours, Derek Lewis unloaded five of the biggest punches to the side of Tai Tuivasa's head, and that motherfucker took them and kept getting up. It was insane, man. Like, I, I don't know how a man takes that many punches from Derek Lewis without defending him, and, and keeps fighting. And not only keeps fighting, he didn't even look wobbly when he got up. I, I, I like, I will forever be impressed that he knocked Derek Lewis out and that he looked good doing it. But I will forever be more impressed that he took the best shots that Derek Lewis throws and didn't stop moving. Yeah, the the chin was very very um, promising for for his his chances in a potential title fight. Cause I I think Lewis hits very close to um, to the level of hardness as uh, as the champ um, Francis Ngannou. I, I think he's right almost on Ngannou's level for for power. No one else is is close to those levels. 
Yeah. I, I agree with you entirely. So, it, yeah. and again, we've got all kinds of questions with Francis Ngannou and if he's going to be back or not. But, like, could this be the worst kind of matchup for him? Like, and it's weird to say that, right? Because yeah. we're talking about John Jones standing there and we're talking about Stipe being there for a third fight. And we're talking about, you know, Surreal Gain, who just outstruck him for, for two rounds before, you know, losing the takedown. But, like, is Ty Tuivasa the worst matchup for Francis Ngannou is the craziest sentence I thought I'd never say in 2022. Um, but it's it's one coming out of my mouth right now that is at least worth asking, if not a, a true statement. Yeah, he would push the pace, and he can take a shot, and he can hit like a truck. So here's what here's what he's done since he kind of uh, – it's still cloudy. I, I believe he, he was released – briefly in 2020, but then they brought him back for some reason. Since the time, knockout Stefan Struve, TKO, Harry Hunsucker. We we barely go through a podcast episode without mentioning that amazing name. <laughs> knockout Greg Hardy, knockout Augustus Sakai, knockout Derek Lewis. All The last three, all performance of the night bonuses for him. So um, couldn't have gone much better for uh, Tui Vasa, um, Shui Vasa. He's only 28, so... He'll be 29 next month. So sky is still the limit for him, it seems. Um, I want to ask you what we're going to do um, next with him, but it's this division is very wonky at this point. Um, so assuming, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do multiple scenarios. Let's assume everything's hunky-dory with Francis Ngannou. He, he gets a new contract just like Israel Adesanya, and he's ready to go again, say, summer or whatever. Um what fight are you booking if you're booking the division? What's the next title so fight? I, so I think if that happens, uh, well, and again, I, I still don't think that answers enough questions about where we are. Because then can you also tell me if everything's honky-dory with the uh, the John Jones situation? Because he's also would he in be, like – Would he be your first pick? Uh, he would be my first pick. John Jones versus – if I'm a promoter and I have the opportunity to make John Jones versus Francis Ngannou and, like, contracts and money and all that kind of stuff is is not in the question at the current moment, that's the fight that's going to draw the most eyes, for sure. Yep. Um, that's the fight that makes the most sense. That's the fight that sells a bazillion pay-per-views because, like – I mean, like, who doesn't want to see – you know, the guy who's knocking everybody out versus the guy who was the greatest light heavyweight, possibly the greatest fighter who ever lived. Like, that's the fight. Um, that being said, I don't think they're going to work out Francis's situation. I don't think John Jones is going to come to a good enough agreement for what he's looking for. I, I think they're going to try to lowball him, and when he tries to, to push him one way or the other, they're just going to squeeze him out of the title picture. This is – so what I would do if I – I was booking would be for sure to book Francis and Jones. Yeah. What do I predict is going to happen? My sure. prediction for what happens is we see Taitui Vasa versus Stipe Miocic sometime this summer in an interim title fight. How um, wild is that? That is, of? again, it's such a weird sentence, but look, I, I don't think they're going to try to sell a surreal gain again, being that, uh, you know, he won the interim title and didn't win the unified title. So, like, putting him in another interim title fight feels kind of weird. Whereas, no, like, he has some he has some rehab uh, of his of his image. I think uh, he has to undertake. So, uh, right, a couple, right. 
a couple fights or at least one more fight before he's back in the title picture. Right. And, and you know what, too? If you ran Stipe versus Tai Tuivasa, then the UFC can lowball John Jones by being like, you got to go fight Surreal Gain first. Sure. Um, and, and really, you know, that that would be a good way to slap John Jones in the face. That'd be a great pay-per-view co-headliner for a fight. You know, like there, there's all kinds of things you could say about John Jones versus whoever that is. So I, I would say it makes tons of sense to do Tai Tuivas versus Stipe because, like, Stipe sort of seems like he was like, I, I, I thought I deserve a third fight with Francis. I beat him the first time. He beat me the second time. He seems like he's maybe not in it, but if you offered him a title shot, he might be in it. So, like... It would it would fit for him, and it would seemingly be the thing that would get him, you know, out of the firehouse and back in the cage. Uh, they, I, I think they're going to try to capitalize on Ty's star power, so to have him in with Stipe would be, like, a really big move. Like, you put that on a poster, people would buy that. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's the move. I, I think I, I'm predicting international fight week, we see Ty Tuivasa versus Stipe Miocic for the title, and it's it's a wild sentence. <laughs> it sure is. Um, I was going to ask what's next for Derek Lewis, but it's pretty much the same for Derek Lewis as what we've had. He'll still fight every couple months, probably still beat everyone or almost everyone put in front of him, you know, um, co-main events of pay-per-views or headlining fight night cards. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and that's think not that, a bad thing necessarily. No, I, I think I agree with that. And I think you probably see him against, you know, Tom Aspinall's and in yep. Yair Rosenstroik's and the, those types of guys all the time. Um, you know the up and comers after they've won a couple more. Um, you know you might you might see him against somebody like um, Alexander uh, um, Romanov, who I constantly am lauding as being the next big guy. You know there's there's lots of options there. Maybe you see him against. A resurgent Andre Arlovsky who continues to storm his way up the division. <laughs> yes, more and more on that to come. But no, I don't think we want to see that. You like Arlovsky? You like Arlovsky? Do you he's not? Good at, he's good at avoiding the big blows. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Uh, so anyhow, we we whiffed in this one. Um, always like to do post mortems on on how we whiffed. Um, underestimated Tuivasa's chin, perhaps. Um, uh, we, yeah. we, we knew he, we knew he could crack. We knew he had a pretty good chin, but. I, maybe both of those, um, he could crack a lot harder. No, no, I, I, I think, yeah, I think it comes right down to the chin. He, he was able to eat everything that was thrown his way. I think that's the main thing, right? Yeah, because I, I even said when we were breaking this fight down, I was like, Ty comes to fight, right? Like that's the thing about Ty Tuivasa. Is he, he's not afraid for anybody to be in his face. Greg Hardy got in his face. And he was like, whatever. This guy's only got a puncher's chance, and I'm gonna let him punch. Um, which is crazy, and it was a weird game plan, and it worked. Um, and I just was like, my breakdown said there's no way he was going to take Derek Lewis's best shot, and I thought he was going to have to eat at least one of them. Turns out he ate five of them. He's fine, and he won a fight. So, yep. I mean, just just wild. Yes, sirree. All right. Um, enough of that one. Let me tell you about Stable Duel, and then we'll move on to – Another fight that we got wrong. Uh, stable duo. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. Best part is now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duo, daily fantasy style app where you can play free and pay games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. 
The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com. See how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win over at Stable Duel. All right, we, we briefly touched on this one. Um, Jared Cannonier got secured the other performance of the night bonus alongside Tai Tuivasa in his middleweight fight. He knocked out Derek Brunson, second round, 429 in. Another KO, this one was multiple elbows on the ground. Um, so we had, and probably we had back-to-back knockouts via elbow. Uh, um fight went, I would say, pretty much the way we expected it through the first round. Brunson, um, Kennedy's wrestling uh, defense did hold up as well as, as I suspected it was going to, um, but it still wasn't enough. Brunson still got him down. Um, Brunson was doing okay on the feet as well, but he seemed very intent on on getting uh, Kennedy down. And then I think he he got a Kennedy hurt him and or he was getting tired and he reverted back to the old bad pre-blonde Derek Brunson and started getting very sloppy with his takedown attempts, dipping his head and uh, got himself lit up on the feet and finished off. Do I have all that correct? Yeah. I, I and I, I don't think I'm going to give uh, entirely the credit here to, to Brunson for, or for, uh, to Cannoneer for landing the big blow, because I, I actually think, um, Brunson tired himself out wrestling. Yeah. Um, and, and I would yeah. say if there was a reason why we picked this one wrong, which obviously there is, um, the reason why we picked this one wrong is we were right that Brunson's wrestling is good enough to wrestle Cannoneer, and it was good enough right. to have him down for a considerable period of time. He, he looked really good in that first round. Um, you know, everybody gave him the first round by all accounts. I think I even saw somebody give him a 10-8. Um, so, like, that was always what we thought. And then just when that second round started, he looked like he was exhausted, which I'm assuming is just what it takes to get Jared Cannonier down regularly. You know, we, we talked about he is, does have good takedown defense, especially since coming down to middleweight. And I think that's probably what, what cooked him here, right? Is that it was, yep. um, you know, just a little bit too much and a little bit too hard for him to regularly get him down. So, um, yeah, I, I would say I didn't expect him to tire so quickly because if he could have kept up that same game plan as he did in the first round, he would have won this fight. Yeah, no, it, it very visibly, uh, it was very visible how, how difficult it was for him, him to get, uh, Ken near down. Um, it, it took him multiple attempts. He, um, he was, most of them got stuffed. Uh, he did get him down a couple of times, but, um, even, even those were a struggle to get it down. Um, Felt bad because uh, this was basically Brunson's last chance, his only chance uh, at possibly securing a title def- title shot, and that will be it for him. He, he says he's got one more fight in him. Um, as for Cannonier, um, also you have to feel good for for him. He's really uh, changed uh, his his career around his career trajectory around. Just Google pictures of him when he was a heavyweight or even a light heavyweight. It's a totally different guy. Um, cardio for days. Excellent wrestling and hits extremely hard. Yeah, uh, damn impressive. So, um, yeah, and and we talked about it already. It's title shot in June, and I'm looking forward to it. 
So what do you think of his chances against Adesanya after uh, what he showed us last night? I think they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but, but everybody's is, so. Yeah, like, I, but, like, for me, for him, I mean, just, like, there isn't the offensive wrestling threat there, right? Cannoneer's not right. going to shoot take down on, on Izzy, and if he is, he's going to fail miserably. Um, you know, he hits hard, but, like, he is not as elusive or nuanced in his striking as Robert Whitaker is, and, you know, Whitaker barely landed on Idesanya. Sometimes he's overly aggressive, which is, I mean, yeah. Izzy feeds off of that. Like, it's yeah. just a, it's a bad matchup for him. I, I'd be interested to see what it got posted in, um, because I, I think, you know, fresh off of a big knockout win, um, Cannoneer is probably going to be more highly touted uh, than, um, than, than Izzy coming off of what was kind of a, uh, you know, less visually impressive fight. But with that being said, like if Izzy was posted under negative 300, I'd be all over it. We got a line posted, Dan. What do you think Ooh. it is? Man, I, I think, again, I, I think the numbers for, for Cannon are going to look good being as how, how good he looked there. But I, you know, obviously Izzy's still the favorite. I'll say negative 250 for Izzy plus like 220 for Cannon on the, the comeback. You nailed it originally when you said minus 300. It's minus 300 for Izzy, plus 250 for Cannoneer. So probably the lowest okay, so little, yet too, right? Yeah, I would imagine. So in a, like I said, I, I think that that's probably right around the right number because, like I said, anything under that I would be hitting quickly because it's not going to stay there. Um, but like anything much more than that, like Cannoneer's got more of a chance than negative 300. Um, but like, you know, substantially less of a chance than, you know, he would have been any lower than that. So yeah, I, I like Izzy in that fight. I think it's pretty clear cut, but it's interesting that, uh, the, the big knockout didn't do anything extra for Cannoneer's stock. Well, maybe it did. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> it did. Didn't. Fair point. Fair point. Yep. All right. So we got that wrong, one wrong. Uh, this is the, we're coming up. That's the portion of the car where we made hay uh, here as the expression goes. I, I hit seven straight here. Dan hit eight straight, um, starting with Hanato Moicano. Boy, he looked fantastic uh, against Alexander Hernandez, who totally – I totally don't like him now because he was all whining about his spot on the on the card being stuck in the prelim. So they put him in the main event. And like I said, if you want – not the main event, excuse me, main card. And like I said, if you want a better placement in the card, how about you win more than one fight in a row? And no. He lost again. Um, submission, Rune Kachok, Hanato Moicano, second round, minute 23 in. Man, he he's uh, – I don't know what to make of Moicano. How how good can he really be? Because he can crack on the feet and he's got the – obviously he has the grappling. It's it's very uh, – he's, he's very intriguing, to say he's, the least. He, he's a top 15 lightweight. I, I yeah. firmly believe that he's Without a top doubt, 15 yeah. lightweight. Yeah, because he's 3-1 and one at lightweight with three rear naked choke wins, and his only loss is to Rafael Faziev. So, like, uh, yeah. who's about to, or was about the main event before he um, got his visa denied or, or slowed down or whatever it was. So, like, he is fighting at a really high level. Also, by the way, you know, while I'm in the middle of tooting my own horns, while this wasn't one of my recommended plays, I – did encourage you to go to the sportsgamblingpodcast.com and check out the article on the best props, which had Hanato Moicano winning by submission at plus 330. Um, so you you could have, you know, tailed along on that one and, and done pretty well. Um, I mean, he looks so good, right? 
Like yep. his his striking with toe to toe with Alexander Hernandez, who is a pretty damn good striker. And in addition to that, like he wrestles way better than people give him credit for. And I think people write him off because of all those losses. But you know, like I said on the show on Wednesday, like Jose Aldo is not a bad loss, nor is Chan Sung Jung in. People forget this dude beat Calvin Cater in a striking match only. He didn't even try to wrestle Calvin Cater and beat him. Um, so, like, man, I, I, I know the loss of Fiziev slows the momentum down a little bit, but this is a guy who, man, he should be in there with some top lightweights soon. You know, like some, some really good lightweights. Yeah, uh, he'll be 33 fairly soon, so there's still some time left on on his career to uh... – to, to see what we can get out of him. But yeah, fantastic performance for him last night. And Alexander Hernandez for the seventh straight fight, uh, swap wins and losses. So he kept his streak alive um, with a loss. I, I don't think he can be called the great any longer. I got, maybe that's why he's going by well, he's, the great eight now. Yeah. He's, I was going to say, he's not the great, he's the great eight. Ooh, ooh, uh, <laughs> yes. And then how another amazing um performance was the next man that we hit. Uh, sorry, we had my counter at minus. What do we have, Matt? It wasn't a fantastic number. Minus, minus 180. 180. Yep. yep. And then we have Bobby Green, King Bobby Green. Even though I, I stole the nickname, uh, I'm still going to allow the two Kings last night to r- remain Kings as well. King Bobby Green minus 150. Uh, decision victory. I should I sh- That should have been one of my props. Uh, Green be a decision because that's how he wins normally. But um, Dan had this as one of his recommended plays as well. He skunked Nazareth Hakparas uh, and did it with style, as Bobby only Bobby Green can. Uh, 30-27, 30-27, 30-27. Um, what can we say about Bobby Green? Another late career resurgence guy. Um, looking great doing it. I wish he'd have some finishing ability, which he doesn't seem to have. But other than that, you can't complain about the defense or that job of his. Yeah, well, in in uh, he, first of all, he does have finishing ability. He had a first round finish last time out, um, which is eh. worth noting. Yeah, in, in, it was against uh, granted, it was against an old and, and unmotivated ally Akita, but like you know, he fought the type of fight he needs to fight against a guy like Nazareth yeah. Hawkfrost. Um, he did a great job doing it. It's it's sort of funny to me if you like were, were following along with the event on Twitter. It really seemed like people were way higher on Bobby Green after this night than they were on Hanato Moicano. Like, I, I saw, like, calls for, like, Bobby Green to fight, like, Matchers Gamro and, and people like that. And, like, I didn't see anything like that for Moicano, which is crazy to me because, don't get me wrong, they both won and they both looked good winning. But Bobby Green, like, pumped a bunch of jabs and beat a guy who, you know, is, I don't know, maybe he's better than Alexander Hernandez, but they're right around that. Like, you could fight Nazarat and Hernandez next weekend. Nobody would judge that. Um, but, like, one pumped a bunch of jabs, and the other way I, like, put the screws to him and picked up a rear naked choke. One guy is, you know, three and one in his last four. One guy's two and two in his last four. Like, it, it was weird to me to see everybody higher on Bobby Green. I don't know if it's just because of the way he hypes up the crowd or the way he jaws, but, like... Man, Moicano, to me, was a much bigger winner on the night. Yeah, Mo- Moicano uh, would have uh, – he, he would take care of Bobby Green if they fought. That, that's for sure. So, um, But th- that's why you shouldn't hang out on Twitter, basically, Dan. You should hang out in the SGPN Slack instead. I, yeah, I, I checked that out too, but the, the problem is that one moves too fast. It does. When, I, when I'm old and I wake up in the morning yep. and I have to – I can't go back and res- – to something somebody said in the middle of the night before. 12 hours ago, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I can, it, but it would look stupid. 
It, it does move fast in the uh, <laughs> SGPN uh, Slack. But, yeah, we, we hit that one. Bobby Green, uh, don't, don't want to take anything away from his performance because it, it he was fantastic. So um, so that ended the main card, prelim, main event. We hit this one right. Uh, Andre Arlovsky, split decision over Jared Bandera, 29-28, <laughs> 29-29, I don't know. Is there much to say? Minus 155, Arlovsky. We both had Arlovsky as a prop bet winning via decision plus 135. That was a pretty easy pick if, if you thought Arlovsky was going to win. Um, I don't know. Is there anything to say about this fight? It pretty much went the way we expected it. Vandera, yeah. probably not UFC caliber, and Arlovsky keeps doing what Arlovsky does late career. I, five and one in his last six. I think uh, yep. we could lump this one into uh, the Courtney Casey split decision win over Roxanne Matafari. I'm pretty sure we got Courtney Casey or uh, Courtney Casey O'Neill. Casey O'Neill. Casey O'Neill yep. at negative, I think it was negative 400 when we picked her, um, which isn't a yep. super pretty number. But like, can we talk about these two together with the, the trash scorecards, which one judge right gave it to Jerry yes. Bandera and one judge gave it to Roxanne Matafari and it just happened to be the same guy in both of yep. them. Insane yep. scorecards. Those scorecards are absolutely insane. Bandera way I, more, I, don't get me wrong. Way more um, defensible though than, uh, than the Matafari one. Yeah, I, I think so too, but ultimately here's the thing. I think that guy judging that fight does not understand that moving forward does not mean you're winning because that, yeah. that's that's the the determining factor there, right? Roxy moved forward, Jared moved forward, and like neither of them won any round. Like Roxy got outboxed worse than anyone in women's flyweight history. Um, you know, <laughs> yep. Van, Van, I mean, like literally, like the numbers show that. And granted, she did do some damage to Casey O'Neill, but like it was clear which one was winning both of those fights. So for that judge to mess both of those up, just absolutely brutal um but i'm glad we got them both right when they when they read jared vandera on one scorecard i was a little bit mad because that arlovsky decision prop seemed so juicy at plus 135 yep. so yep yeah no that fight was a lot closer than uh, than the other one that we we're going to speak of now uh casey o'neill uh quickly become one of my favorite fighters in I was thinking women's flyweight is one of my favorite divisions and maybe my favorite division, but it's, it's, it's up there for sure. Yeah. It's probably only behind like Bantamweight, which we'll talk yeah, about at, at yep. nauseum pretty soon because they had some yep. crazy fights on this card. Um, but yeah, like women's, that, that's a wicked fun one for me too. Yeah. And any, uh, you said wicked fun. You, you're betraying <laughs> your roots, Dan. It, uh, it comes out once in a while. <laughs> it, um, yeah, any division with Macy Barber in it, we got to we got to um, be uh, pretty high on. So, um, right, Dan? I hate Macy Barber. <laughs> <laughs> Women's flyweight Casey O'Neill split decision: twenty nine, twenty eight, twenty eight, twenty nine, twenty nine, twenty eight over Roxanne Modafferi. Modafferi was there to bang, bro, just bleed, um, and that's what she did. Um, any takeaways from this fight? We had uh, minus four hundred O'Neill. Not. Just nope. exactly what I said. Terrible judging. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Roxy's too tough to finish. And even though I, yeah, we'll, I'll talk about recommended plays later, but I got a little too fancy with my recommended plays. So I'm going to have to tone it down, um, tone it down, uh, I think, in the next few weeks. Anyhow, um, Kyla Phillips also looked very good. Um, like, I was hoping his last fight was just his quote-unquote prospect loss and appears like it was uh, based on the last night's performance. Uh, the Bantamweight fight, he submitted Marcelo Rojo with a 
triangle armbar, as they're calling it on Wikipedia, uh, round three, minute 48 in. He looked very good uh, in the process against a very game, game excuse me, opponent. Um, we only got minus 400 for him, though, on that one also. Yeah, fun fight. Um, you know, good back and forth. Marcelo looked like he could hold his own on the feet, which was kind of interesting because I didn't yep. think he was as good of a striker as Kyler Phillips. But, yeah, once he started mixing that ground game stuff in, it was it was all over. What's uh, what's the ceiling on Kyler Phillips? Young fellow, well, um, top 15 now, you would say for sure, right? If he wasn't already, I don't think he was. I don't know. He He's coming off a loss to Halion Paiva, who, right, right, right. Uh, I mean, like, that really drags your stock down in a division where, I mean, it, it's pretty tough to crack those Bantamweight rankings. So even having one, like, bad loss to an unranked opponent is probably enough to keep him from being ranked. I, I don't think I'm going to put him in there. I mean, like, if you look at the current rankings, um, you know, like, because it's a, remember, it's a composite, so it's not as simple as just taking the guy out who's number 15. Is he better than Rafael Asuncao? For sure. I have him ranked ahead of Rafael Asuncao. I also don't have Asuncao in my rankings. Um, You know, like, I have, uh, yeah, I I believe I have Adrian Yanez 15 instead. And would would you put him ahead of Adrian Yanez? I don't think I would. Um, You know, Adrian Yanez is looking. No, in so, I, you know, I think I leave Adrian Yanez in there. Um, for me, yeah. when I when I you know I have to update these later today, but I think I'd rather just keep Adrian Yanez in there. So, um, do you think he's got a high ceiling? I think he does because he's young. He's only twenty six. But my big concern for him is a lot of wasted movement. Um, in a division that's got guys like, you know, not th- not that I'm saying Ronnie Lawrence is like a future title challenger right now, but like when you have guys at the beginning of the division who are only 2-0 in wrestle like Ronnie Lawrence does, having a lot of wasted motion and doing things that will tire you out, not smart. You know, not smart and not going to play well at Bantamweight. Um, you know, like, it, it, you put him against a guy who has a style like Marab Devalishvili, who's got a great gas tank, and all of your wasted movement is just going to burn you out and not really get anything done. I think he's just got to tone it back. If, if he tones back that flashiness, I, I think the ceiling's a lot higher. Yep, he is only 26 years old, fighting out of a very good fight camp in uh, MMA Lab with John Crouch. So you, you got to think, you, you got to like the the future prospects of Mr. Kyler Phillips, despite the fact he was on the Top Turtle podcast, but that wore off because he fought someone who was on more recently in Marcelo Rojo. <laughs> there's a there's a bunch of guys on this card who were out, who have been on too, by the way. It's true. Even the the headliner Izzy was on in the olden days, was he not? And, and Whitaker. And well, it's, there They're you both go. Of them. That's right. Yeah. There you go. And, um, and Moicano uh, and uh, Arlovsky and Vandera and Roxanne Modafferi, both Phillips and Rojo, Jacob Malkin, who we'll talk about being an absolute animal in a second. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't let King Casey O'Neill on, despite how much I love her, because she's got a, a mouth of a sailor, Dan Sandy <laughs> on live TV. She, don't she, put her on. She she channeled her inner ally Akita by telling yep. the crowd to, not to boo her. <laughs> exactly, it's true. They shouldn't have booed her. They shouldn't boo our girl King Casey. Anyhow, um, ugh, next fight was a uh, fight. Um, Carlos Oliberg won United's decision thirty twenty seven thirty twenty seven thirty twenty seven in his light heavyweight belt against Fabio Charant. Went the way we expected. Um, his kickboxing is far too good for Charant. Charant. Looked a lot better physically and and style wise. Plus he fights uh, out of a good camp now, uh, Henry Hoof's um, camp in Florida. But 
I don't know if he's UFC caliber at this point. Uh, Allberg minus 240. Kind of frustrating because Allberg didn't really put his foot in the gas. Um, w- would like to see more killer instinct out of him, but a win's a win. Yeah, well, why though, right? Like why why turn it into that kind of fight when you're clearly yeah, piecing no. him up from the outside? And, and like Henry Hooft was like, and this is one of those things where I tell people, you know, when you see a fighter change fight camps, you can't always be like, oh, we'll expect huge improvements, but sometimes you get guys like Fabio Chirant who wind up at Henry Hoof's doorstep and Henry Hoof is telling him to go for it and that you got to push forward and he continues to not push forward. So, you know, it doesn't always work out. And in this case, it definitely didn't work out. So I, I think this is probably the last we see of Chirant until he picks up some regional level wins or something, because that's three in a row in a, uh, not a good looking third one. And it's easy to say push forward when you're not the person getting jabbed in the face. Uh, Correct. Not, Correct. So, <laughs> which I'm sure the coaches realize as well. Um, to finish off my hot run here, Bantamweight, Ronnie Lawrence, uh, unanimous decision over Leo Mana Martinez, but we, we're close to him. We can call him Mana. He was on Dan's podcast. 29-27, 29-27, This went exactly how we predicted uh, Lawrence minus 300. His relentless pace and grappling got the job done, but um, a late surge by uh, Mana Martinez in the last round got him at least some respect back and got him a, a round. But this was a clear Ronnie Lawrence win, and uh, onwards and upwards for him in Bantamweight. A very stacked division, so it's going to be a while before he's really making noise, but a very promising start to his career. Yeah, I, I was really impressed with Mana Martinez uh, story back. You know, you just said it's so hard to just go forward when your coach says go forward and, and yep. when you're getting jabbed in the face or when you're getting beat, he did it. And it almost won him this fight. Like he almost not only knocked out Ronnie Lawrence, he almost triangled Ronnie Lawrence. Like what a great fight. I'm really shocked that this didn't win fight of the night. I'm really shocked. Um, like yeah, I, I thought it for, was sure a good yeah, for sure. Bonus. Yep. Um, and it winds up being uh, a different band weight fight, which we'll talk about momentarily, but you, you know, you said it exactly right. Ronnie Lawrence, onwards and upwards, got a little uh, work to do a little bit with the striking and pick up a few more wins before we see him against some of those top names. Yes, but anyhow, uh, you can't complain about that performance. Uh, neither can you complain about the next performance. I can complain about it because I got it wrong. Middleweight's Jacob Malkoon, um, another one of these relentless pace, nonstop cardio guys, um, beat. A.J. Dobson, my pick, 29-28, 29-28, First round went the way I was hoping and expected. Dobson looked very good in the first round, but then that was the end for him. He got totally outworked. Drug, dragged, drug? No, drug's the word, right? Drug into deep water. Dragged into deep water? Which one should it be, Dan? <laughs> Whatever you what want. What happened to him? <laughs> yeah, he, he I got mean, pulled. Pulled, that's the word. Pulled into deep water <laughs> I think by Malkin. I think Malkin. Plus 100. Yeah, I, I think Malkin figured out, first of all, all the entries to the takedowns he needed because he gets one right at the end of the first round and it almost looks like a light bulb went off in his head where he was like oh yeah right there there it is this fight's over um and it was like his his grappling's so good um and i i said that on the preview show like you know dobson is more physically gifted than than jacob elkin he's very strong he's got a great frame um he clearly puts a lot of work in to his his uh cardio and to his strength and conditioning but Melgan is just technically better in the terms of wrestling. Um, impressive win for him. I, I think so many people just wrote him off as like Whitaker's buddy who only got a contract because he's Whitaker's buddy. Um, 
when he lost in 16 seconds to Phil Hawes or 18 seconds to Phil Hawes. But he has turned in two amazing grappling performances since then. So, you know, props to him. I'm so excited for what's next for that dude because that, that's an awesome win. Yeah, no, he very clearly deserves to be in the UFC. It wasn't just a uh, a favor, um, at least at this point. So Dan hit that one. I got that one wrong. I also got the next one wrong. As the Dan, Sergey Morozov, minus 225. This was a big one that we whiffed on. But Diego Silva on DeAndrage, first of all, his streak is over. His win-loss, win-loss streak, um, six-fight streak is over. He won back-to-back fights. He's not washed after all, like we were thinking he was. Um he took it to Sergey Morozov and won um, his bantamweight fight via technical submission. We had back-to-back technical submissions, rear naked chokes, which was another uh, rarity. Round two, 324. Uh, I guess he is not washed after all, like I said. He looked washed in the first round. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had true. 10-8 oh, yeah. Morozov in the first. Um, yeah, he, he got lit up and was bleeding all over the place. That's right. Yeah, so, I, you know, it, it seemed like a – it seemed like one of those losses for Morozov where he, he's going to learn a lot about, like, what he can and can't do. And, like, he tagged him on the feet, and then he joined him on the ground. And I think, in retrospect, if he could go back and, and force that fight back standing, he'd be a lot happier with it. So, um, yeah. yeah, maybe he learns a little bit about himself here. But, yeah, Douglas Silva de Andrade still proving me wrong at, you know, whatever his advanced age is now, which is ridiculous for Bantamweight. Yeah, he is 37, I think I saw. 36. He'll be 37 in June. On my anniversary, oh my gosh, June 22nd, he will be turning 37. So, yeah, he can't complain about, well, uh, he got, like I said, he was bleeding like Ric Flair back in the day. But other than that, um, he's got a dog in him, Dan, a lot of dog in him. He sure does. (laughs) All right. So we we whiffed on that. Um, how do we do on our next fight here? Let me see. We, I got this one right. Dan got it wrong. Ha, ha, ha. Jeremiah Wells, minus 240. Technical submission, rear naked choke, round one, 438 over Mike Mathitha. I don't know if he deserves the Blood Diamond nickname now. Um, you can't be in the UFC at 3-0 and, and, and be one-dimensional, which he was. Um, he could not handle the grappling, even though Jeremiah Wells did some Weird thing to start the fight. Did he explain what he was, <laughs> was explain what he was doing? He started sprinting never, around the perimeter of the good, cage. Yeah, I never got a good read. Tripped. Um, maybe that was all the plan all along to 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 get uh, Blood Diamond. I'm uh, sorry, Mathitha is his name now. Um, to get him to uh, to take the bait and, and uh, close the distance. But anyhow, no, uh, his grappling was was too much. Yeah, and I'm not sure I'm ready to. You know, I saw people piling it on, saying Blood Diamond doesn't belong in the UFC and. You can't tell yet. And I, I don't, yeah, I don't think you can tell yet because it's also worth noting how long it took Jeremiah Wells to get Blood Diamond to the mat, right? Like, cause he, yeah. he didn't, it wasn't the first takedown attempt. He failed a couple of times to get Blood Diamond down, which like, Jeremiah Wells is a pretty good wrestler. So for, for Blood Diamond to stuff him a couple of times and to like work in the clinch with him really well. I think that's worth noting, and also it wasn't like as soon as he was on the ground, Jeremiah Wells was like in an arm triangle choke and just finished him or in a rear naked. Like he avoided a couple of like submission attempts, and he defended a rear naked choke, and he moved to the side, and he defended that arm triangle choke, and he went back to his back. And like, yeah, what did he wind up getting submitted for sure? Yeah, and it was you know not ideal, and he gave up his neck as he tried to stand up, which is you know something that that you learn not to do and. Is he should he have been signed 
three and zero? No, probably not. Like nobody really should be signed at that early of age. But for everybody out there who's saying like this dude clearly isn't going to be anybody at welterweight in the UFC, I'm not so sure that's true. I, you know, like I, I don't know necessarily that I'm ready to write him off. I, I need to see more of him, but I I think the same way people wrote Jacob Malkin off, I think people are writing Blood Diamond off, and I don't know that that's right. Yeah, it all depends on his next matchup. So if they give him another striker, then we will see um, how he how he does with UFC caliber talent. We uh, I forgot to mention that we did lose a fight. Um, flyweight battle. Um, Alex Perez came in overweight at 128. Matt Schnell refused to take the fight, which is kind of rich because doesn't Matt Schnell miss weight a lot on fights? Also, he he didn't miss weight last time. He made it, but the commission wouldn't let him fight. Okay, okay, but I thought he... Had... That one's been canceled four times now, though. That's right. So. No, I'm sorry. He, he, has, he hasn't missed weight before. I shouldn't be... Uh, I shouldn't be um, dragging his name in the mud like that. He, he failed a drug test on his last fight. But anyhow, we lost that fight. Uh, so And then uh, the opener was not originally the opener, but then uh, William Knight came in 12 pounds overweight. The biggest he weight miss <laughs> in UFC history. He was my hero because he still had abs still at the way in despite being 12 pounds overweight he did not have abs last night at the fight though um he just looked very big and um we lost our underdog plus 142 because maxim grisham very clearly won 30 27 knight did nothing in the fight so i don't know what to the, this guy is just going to continue to confound us i think dan yeah I'm gonna, we, get, we, I'm gonna get every pick about william knight wrong he's he's yeah. now my light heavyweight slash heavyweight uh michael johnson because i got so many michael johnson picks wrong in my day <laughs> it's like he's canadian but he's not canadian but it's almost like he's canadian <laughs> I, I don't think there's any takeaways from this fight are there any takeaways dan i don't think so no no not um, at all so but we didn't start things off so hot. I started off, Dan lost the first three fights of the night, which I'm sure was making you sweat things. I only hit one of the first four fights, so uh, as did Dan. So uh, things did not start out too well, but they ended up fairly nicely. Uh, if you look at our hit percentage, nine and five, we both were. Uh, however, I didn't hit any underdogs. I hit a lot of minus 400s, which uh, doesn't help the bankroll. Dan hit one, even money one. So we were both nine to five. I was down 112 bucks. Dan was down 54 dollars uh, on the year. I am hitting 65 percent of my picks, which is pretty wild. But I am down 65 bucks. Dan is hitting 56 percent of his picks, down 644 bucks. Dan, but on to the recommended plays, right? Um, that's that's Dan what I was going to ask about next. There you go. Here we you go. Saw that coming. <laughs> Dan had 30 bucks. Our loss. 116 episodes in. I, I know what's what's coming next. Um, 30 bucks. He had Arlovsky winning via decision plus 135. Um, he lost 35 on on uh, William Knight. Would you have after the weigh-ins? Uh, no, would I would have. I would have pulled that 100. percent Yeah, you yeah. look like hell. <laughs> because when a guy misses weight that that great, usually means there's an injury. I haven't heard if there is one. He, he was blaming on short notice, but. Usually well, he was short guy... notice, and he said he had he had been sick prior and had ballooned up to almost two fifty. Okay, he was like two fifty when he got when he got no that this fight was going to happen. So, okay. um, you know, so not necessarily blaming it on an injury, but blaming it on like an illness and not clearly not being prepared and being short noticed here. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll reword it. Usually, it's a health issue if if a guy guy or gal misses weight that great. Um, so yeah, I, I probably would have backed off also. Um. 
on on just picking him to win the fight. But anyhow, Dan missed that one. We don't uh we don't we make our picks what on Wednesday night, so we we can't wait till weigh ins. Because you people, you did gens need these picks in your ears as soon as you can get them. And then he hit thirty five bucks. Dan, um, I want to call him Danny Green, but that's an NBA player. Bobby Green, minus one fifty with the Batman Bigelow head tattoos. So um, Dan went two and one, up twenty eight eighty three on the night. Uh, that was his return on his hundred bucks. Uh, as for myself, forty bucks I had on Arlovsky winning via decision, plus one thirty five. Um, and then I got actually all, all my picks were probably a little too fancy. I had twenty bucks on Casey O'Neill at plus four hundred to win via KO TKO, but Modafari was was just too tough for that, and the fight I, I was picturing a possibly a ground and pound, and that uh, fight never made it to the mat. Um, twenty bucks I had on Brunson winning outright, that didn't happen, and that twenty bucks in Dark Lewis winning via TKO slash KO minus one thirty five. So I missed on three of them. Like I said, I I'm getting too fancy. I'm not a prop better IRL in real life, um, so maybe I should stop making so many prop. Um, recommended place, but regardless, uh, I I won big on the Orlowski one, so that helped me. I ended up down six bucks, going one for three, so could have been a lot worse. So overall, on the year, I'm six and six, which uh, I don't, I'm not happy about, but I'm up forty four bucks, twelve percent return on investment, so that I'm happy about. Dan eight and four, sixty seven percent, up one hundred seventeen bucks, twenty nine percent return on investment. That's that's the number I want to hear. That's what he wants to hear. <laughs> That's uh, maybe you can get yourself another car to put in that garage of yours. <laughs> you're gonna next. You can tell me you have an automatic door opener too, right? Two of them. Oh my gosh! Listen to this guy. <laughs> Live large in the woods. All right. Um, before we wrap it up, let me tell you about Prop Swap. We're brought to you by Prop Swap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The only thing more exciting than watching the NFL playoffs is Prop Swapping the NFL playoffs. January is Prosswell's biggest month ever as betters from across the country cashed in on the Super Bowl futures. Like Joe from California who sold a $100 40 to 1 Bengals Super Bowl ticket for 1500 bucks. So he, the buyer got great odds and Joe made 15 times his money. Do you think that was a smart move, Dan, or would you hang on to the Bengals pick? Ooh, uh, I think I'd hold on to he the got, Bengals. I'm going Bengals got, today. So, so you would uh, hang on for the $4,000 Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Bengals. Yeah. All right. You've heard it. Prosop has thousands of buyers across country, so you always find the best odds and collect the most money from your bets. Hurry and download the free Prosop app today. Prosop has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales, and red-hot tickets for sale. Loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and Prosop will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. And since you're going to get this in your ears right before tip-off of the big uh, American Grey Cup, make sure you get into the SGPN's app, download our app, so you can win $100,000 out of Dan's pocket in the Super Bowl Prop Contest. If you go 10-0 on the Super Bowl Props that we have posted in the app there, you win 100000 bucks. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play. The app gives you easy access to all our picks, podcasts, all of that stuff. So don't forget to toss us an app review also and download the SGPN app today. All right. UFC 271 in the books. We're on, we're on again, of course. UFC is running straight through till the end of March, um, which is good for the content uh, mill that we're running here. Uh, we've got a newly renamed UFC Fight Night Walker versus Hill. It was originally UFC Fight Night Dos Anjos versus Fiziev, But as Dan alluded to earlier, 
uh, Fiziev is having visa issues, so that fight got moved, postponed to UFC 272. So uh, this will be the 19th of February, which will be next Saturday night from the UFC Apex in Enterprise, Nevada. Main event, Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill. You can call him Jamal Hill. I call him Jamal Hall. Um, that is our main event. Is this really our co-main event? A catchweight, 195-pound fight between Kyle Dawkins and Jamie Pickett? Really? Uh, it was originally the third to the top, so I don't know if they will leave that in the co-main event. Because if you look at um, if you look at typical fight guards, one and two are usually good, and like the third to the top is usually a little less good. Obviously, this yeah. pay-per-view card was a little bit different, but like. I don't know. This one screams to me that like Jim Miller, Nicholas Moda should be co-main event, or um, Joaquin Buckley versus Abdul Razak Hassan would be a good second one. There's not a lot of name value on this card, though. So I no. mean, maybe maybe Kyle Dawkins is it. Um, I guess originally we we would would have had a heavyweight bout between Iller Latifi and Alexander Romanov would have been the co-main event, but Romanov pulled out of that. So. All right, uh, other than the fights that I mentioned and Dan have mentioned, we also have Parker Porter versus Alan Bud. How do you say his name again, Dan? Bado. Bado, right, Bado. Um, Jim Miller versus French. Shouldn't you shouldn't yeah, the should Canadian guy that. get You're the right. French ones right? <laughs> I should. Jim Miller versus Nicholas Mota. This was originally scheduled, right, a while ago. Yeah, long time. Then, yep. Yep. Um, he mentioned Buckley already. Mario Batista versus Khalid Taha. Gabriel Benitez. Mowgli versus David Onama, um, Jesse Jess, Jessica Rose-Clark versus Stephanie Egger, Chaz Skelly versus Mark Striegel, Diana Belbicha versus Gloria DePaula, Chad Onhilliger, he's a Canadian, right, I believe? Uh, yes, he is. From he is, the Canadian Series versus, how do you say his name again, is on, Onliger, is that how you say it? And Helliger. And Helliger, really? I'm trying yeah. to say it too, I'm saying it too fancy, aren't I? Uh, he's fighting Jesse Strader, and that is it. We have Jonathan J.S.P. Pierce. Um, he's supposed to fight, too, against Austin Lingo, but Lingo pulled out. So They they have a replacement for that one already as well. Um, th- that one is uh, – they've got a guy um, – let me see if I can remember correctly. He was on Contender Series mm, – uh, Christian Rodriguez um, was on Contender Series out okay. of Rufus Sport. He – beat um junior cortez uh they did not sign him he took one fight outside of the ufc and they have now signed him to fight jonathan pierce so that would give us 12 fights not um nothing to write home about uh as as we said no and especially it might it might be it might be back down to 11 too because there's rumors that khalid taha is not going to be able to make it to fight night no not khalid so I mean, more of, so. that one's more of a bummer for me because I really wanted to watch Mario Batista. That guy's absolutely exciting to watch. So yes. hopefully they find a bantamweight replacement for him. He is absolutely exciting to watch. All right, anything jump off the page, off the screen, the virtual page at you? Any fight you're like, you're a you're a hardcore, you're a degen, you're a, a nerd in grappling and other realms. Anything jump off the the screen? Like, okay, I can't wait to see that fight. D- David Onama. David yeah. Onama is un- unabashedly the one who I'm most excited to see. The dude took a fight on a 15-day turnaround, short notice, was on vacation when he got the notice for the fight, um, and fought uh, Mason Jones. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this. He fought Mason right. Jones on 15 days from his prior fight and, like, on seven days' notice or something like that and held his own up a weight class against freaking Mason 
Mason Jones, who's, uh, you know, a really tough opponent, um, threw some absolute bombs, seemed to have Mason Jones hurt at times. Like, this guy is such a fun boxer to see him with a full training camp with this man, John Krause, or uh, James Krause, rather, James Krause back down in his regular weight division. Man, I, I think we're going to see something really special out of him. So it kind of tells you what type of fight card we have coming up that Dan's most excited to see a guy who's 0-1 in the UFC. <laughs> right? I mean, are, are you excited to see Johnny Walker do no. Johnny Walker things again? Um, yeah, actually, he's fine, so who knows? Um, but I think I think they're I think he's getting the fun trained out of him, right? Over at S, S, uh, GP, SGP Annual, that's us. Uh, SPG, SBG. Uh, he seems West to Gym. be. Uh, he seems to be less fun now. Yes, correct. Yes. Which <laughs> yeah, which is not good. And then I'm going to keep saying Jamaha, which isn't fun for anyone. So yeah, but we'll we'll have fun breaking down regardless, right? That's right. We always. It's the banter. People come for the banter, I've been told. So we're bantering back and forth. Um, any other news we should mention? Um, anything else we need to talk about before we put this thing to bed? What do you think? Nah, Is I the think train I, chugging down the line or are we hitting I, the station? I I think we're all good. We, we've got a whole Wednesday where you guys can get a whole lot more. So make sure to tune in then. Oh, boy. Listen to that. In the meantime, Twitter, Jeff Fox writer. He is Gumby Reeland. The SGPN Slack is always jumping, so jump in there. Even if you just want to talk about food or movies, we have channels for all of that stuff. It's um, fun, and it's it's a really great community. There are no real assholes in it other than other than me. Um, so if you can stomach me, then the Slack is, is the place to be for you. Um, and Reader Stuff, SportsGamingPodcast.com. Dan uh, does a lot of NBA writing on top of uh, the MMA stuff that uh, that him and I, he and I cover. He went what two and one on your MMA props. Uh, I, I called him in to duty last minute last yesterday to write some props, and you hit two out of three, right? I was very close to three out of three too. I had over one and a half steals on Steph Curry, and he had one of the two steals he needed. Um, but yeah, Clay Thompson with a, a big points day. I had the over there and. Uh, Kavon Looney with with rebounds. Yeah, I, the the Curry one was probably the one that was a little uh, was probably the mo- most difficult one that you had. So um, and you almost nailed it regardless. So um, anyhow, uh, point being, you can read all our stuff there, or if you want to read MMA only stuff, uh, I got a whole site dedicated to it, MMA-manifesto.com, and that is all. Oh, and listen to Dan's podcast, but they probably won't be out before the next episode. But prelim primer and top turtle MMA podcast. All right, until Wednesday, I will remain King Jeff Fox. He will remain Gumby Vreeland, and we'll get in your ear holes then. Bye.